0: Thank you, Ace. If you guys can be seated, it's so good to be with you this morning. How many of you are excited about being in church today? Awesome. I'm pumped to be here. I want to be honest with you today. I'm probably more excited about this Sunday than any Sunday in a long time. Why? I don't know. I just woke up today on the right side of the bed. I don't know what it's been uh, like for you today, but I feel something stirring in my spirit. I don't know if that's like my stomach preparing for Thanksgiving or it's actually the Holy Spirit doing something in my life, but it could be both. I'm ready. How about you guys? Like I'm ready to eat in the spirit and in the natural. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to feast on Jesus and cranberry sauce. So I, I recognize that that's a debatable food, you know, whether or not cranberry sauce is good, but let's just settle the argument once and for all. Cranberry sauce is awesome. Okay, I didn't, I didn't get any pushback, so I assume that uh, we're all on the same page. I know some people don't like it. I was eating some yesterday. That's right. I got a jump start. I'm already eating my cranberry sauce, so uh, I'm a forerunner. What can I say? I eat cranberry sauce early. All right, I want to ask you to open up your Bible, please, to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to continue um, on an impromptu sermon series about gratitude. You guys ready to hear another message on gratitude? It's Thanksgiving. It's time to talk about gratitude. So, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Last week, we read the entire chapter, which was an unprecedented feat. For us here at Legacy, we've never read an entire chapter, 21 verses of Scripture before, but we did it. Look at your neighbor and say, good job. Good job. We did it. But today we're going to read uh, seven or eight verses of Scripture from Deuteronomy 8. So I want to ask you to open your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 8, and then please stand. I know we've asked you to stand a lot, but this is something new that we're doing in honoring the Word every week. We, we love the Scriptures. Amen. And I think it's healthy and helpful for us to read them out loud together as we're studying. How's that? Sound good? If you're in if you're in Deuteronomy 8, let me hear you say amen. If you're not, don't worry, we'll have it for you on the screen. But I'm gonna read verses 7 through 14. And the scripture alone today is it's going to get you excited. I, I can already tell. It's it's such a good scripture. Verse seven says, "For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land." That's a that's a good place for a hallelujah. The Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley of vines and fig newtons and pomegranates I'm just trying to make sure you guys are awake today and pomegranates and a land of olive trees and honey nut cheerios I'm having some fun land in which you will eat bread without scarcity in which you will lack nothing a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. See, notice that he didn't say that copper was just going to be sitting on the soil, on the top. He was saying if you are willing to dig in this season, you can get what you need. There's copper in the hills and you shall eat and be full. How many guys like that? And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. Everybody say, for the. For the good land He has given you. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments and His rules and His statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten. Everybody say, when you. You have eaten. Let's do it one more time. When you have eaten, that you forget. Oh, when you are have eaten and full and have built good houses and live in them. And when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, and when you get that job that you've been praying for, and when you finally get that gig that you really wanted, and when you finally get that promotion that you've been fasting about, and when you finally get that car because your credit score is finally leveled up to where they will give it to you, and when you finally have that kid that you've been praying for, Are you guys guys with me in here today? I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. So you might as well go ahead and preach with me. And when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up. He's saying, don't be prideful. And you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Today, I want to talk to you from the subject. Last week was grow in your gratitude. This week is grow up in your gratitude. Everybody say, grow up up. in in your gratitude. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be thankful. God, we thank you for salvation, that you've given us mercy to be in this place today and to know you as God and friend. Lord, we ask you to remind us of the good places and even the tough places that you brought us from and through so that we can give you praise with a full heart of gratitude. God, transform us in this place this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, and everyone said, amen. You can be seated. So as I mentioned, this week is Thanksgiving. I know that you know that, but I love Thanksgiving. Anybody else in here love Thanksgiving? I just, To me, honestly, Thanksgiving is just about as good as Christmas. I know some people argue that fact, but man, the food, man, it's just like, it's so plentiful, it's so good. Honestly, Thanksgiving is a flavor. It's not even just a holiday, it's a flavor. You can just mix everything together on one plate and eat it. It just all kind of has the same flavor. It, the feels of Thanksgiving, it's like a big warm uh, uh, hug, or as we would say in Kentucky, a heating blanket. Now, I, I don't know if you guys know what a heating blanket is, but that's one of them things you plug into the wall, you turn up to 10, you know, a few minutes before you jump into bed, and it just, woo! that's a heating blanket. <laughs> y- 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 y'all not used to my Kentucky uh, language. But that's what I did. You guys know what that is? Yeah, okay, so that's what Thanksgiving is for me, and I I grew up loving Thanksgiving. I love the turkey, the cranberry sauce, never been much for stuffing, but uh, I've always, uh, dressing or whatever we call it, you know, I I just, but I have always loved uh, Thanksgiving, it's always been fun, but there was one thing about Thanksgiving that I've always been frustrated by, when I was a kid, growing up, sitting at the kiddie table. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I despised sitting at the kiddie table. I hated being put with my cousins and with other people that my parents invited and sitting at that little tyke's picnic table and having somebody else portion size me and give me what they think that I need and withholding the pie from me. I want dessert first. You know, they wouldn't let me get what I wanted to get. And then I'm sitting there around people I don't really like. And they're throwing food at me and they're fussing and they're fighting. And I got to look over my shoulder at the adults over there feasting and having fun and laughing and talking about grown-up subjects. And I can't be a part of it. Nobody else? You ever been there before? And so I just, I couldn't stand uh, being at the kiddie table. I just, I hated that. I couldn't wait until I grew up. Everybody say grow up. I couldn't wait until I grew up and I graduated to a place to where I could fill up my own plate, pick my own chair, sit down with the adults, and engage in adult conversation. Anybody else were you like that growing up? Maybe you loved the kitty table. I couldn't stand the kitty table. I'm a PK. So we, we, we grow up spending a lot of time with adults, and so we think that we're able to contribute to adult conversations long before we really are. And so we want to be there. We want to sit with the adults. We want to grow up. And the reason I'm reminded of the Thanksgiving kitty table is because what's happening in the Scriptures in this scene is that God is bringing Israel to a new place in the natural and in the spirit. He is bringing them into the promised land. What he is allowing them to do is grow up. Everybody say, grow up. up. He's taking them from the kiddie table. He is lifting them up from where they are. He is growing them up, and he is sitting them down with the grown-ups. That's what's happening. Now, as this is happening... Moses, their leader, he understands the maturity of the people. And if anything, what Deuteronomy 8 is giving us is a clear picture on the maturity of Israel. And you might say even the lack of maturity of Israel. And for Moses as their leader, he has led them through the wilderness for 40 years. So he understands their proclivity to not grow up and move forward when invited. God invited them up on the mountain. They said, no, 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 you go. We don't want to grow up. We're a Toys R Us kid. Okay, no more 80 babies in the 80s babies there. All right, whatever. I went for it. Y'all must be younger than me. Nobody saw that, Jeffrey the giraffe. They start playing them commercials around this time, man. You get those ads in the pay. You start circling those toys you want. You guys know what I'm talking about? I don't want to grow up. And so every single time that God invited Israel to grow up, everybody say grow up. grow up. They said, no, 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 it's okay. It's all right. It's fine. And the reason, even when they said they wanted to be at the adult table, even when they confessed, I'm ready to go into the promised land, they allowed their preferences to keep them from their promise. And that's what happens when we get prideful. Our preferences become enlarged and our promises get minimized. And so we're kept back from our promised land because our preferences are keeping us at the kiddie table. Moses understands these guys are not always the most mature. I know them pretty well. They always focus on their preferences they're always complaining they're always talking about what they used to have they're always talking about how good it used to be they're always talking about their past but I'm trying to usher them bring them grow them up graduate them and bring them into their promise the place that God really has for them but in order for them to get into their promise they're going to have to grow up somebody say grow up now, here's what I've understood about being at the adult table. You know, I've long since left the kiddie table behind. But being at the adult table is not always the most fun either. Can I get two good amens? You got that crazy uncle, you know what I mean, that always wants to talk politics and he's on the other end of the spectrum and he, he's mean. Or he drinks too much. Or you're hanging out with that obnoxious cousin that has no self-awareness, that always inserts themselves into a conversation they don't belong. No amens. You guys know what I'm talking about? And so when you get to that table, you get to that promise, and then you recognize, hold on, wait just a second. Maybe this wasn't all it was cracked up to be. You finally get that car. You finally get that house. You finally have that kid. You finally step into that job promotion. And then you look around and you say, maybe this wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. You ever been there before? That the thing you prayed about six months ago is the thing you complain about today? You guys know what I'm talking about. The thing you fought for, the thing you fasted for, the thing you went after in God The thing that you pursued with all of your heart and God gave it to you. He grew you up. He put you at the table you were asking him to sit at. And then you got there and started complaining. You guys know what I'm talking about? And here's what I've recognized after having sit down at the adult table for quite some time. It's not always what it's cracked up to be. And here's what I've recognized by looking at that and looking at Israel. You can be surrounded by promise... And still be unhappy on the inside. You can be surrounded by blessing and still be not joyful on the inside. You can be looking around at all these good things, but still be complaining in your heart. You guys have been there before. And so looking at Israel, I'm recognizing something, which is this. God's gifts alone cannot bring you joy. Let it settle in. God's gifts alone will not bring you joy. You can receive a gift from God and still be unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Only when God's gifts are partnered with your gratitude do you live in joy yeah. and gratitude and thankfulness for what God has done in your life. You have to partner God's gifts with your gratitude to live A fulfilled life it's possible possible to be surrounded by blessing and then all of that blessing that you don't turn into praise actually then turns into pride and you're complaining about what you what you prayed about and and you know honestly maybe this holiday season you don't need more accomplishment maybe this holiday season you don't need more accumulation Maybe this holiday season you need more appreciation for what you already have, for what God's already given you, for what God's already brought you through, for the kiddie table you used to sit at that he's moved you away from, for Egypt that you were once enslaved in that he's brought you out of. For the blessings you've already got, instead of bringing out the paper and circling the blessings that you want this holiday season, why don't you hire a professional photographer to come over to your house and photograph all of the blessings that you got in the last season and print them out and circle them. And say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. That's what Moses was trying to get across to the people of Israel. You're about to be ushered into your promise. You're about to come into the place of prosperity. But as you step into this place, as you grow up, as you graduate, as you sit down in this new table, I don't want you to forget about where I brought you from. I don't want you to forget about where you came from. I want you to continue with praise. I want you to continue with gratitude. I want you to continue with thankfulness. Because if you don't do that, you may sit at the table but be unhappy. You may sit at the table but have no joy. You'll be surrounded by blessings but be sad. Unless we partner God's good gifts with our gratitude. That's when we live in joy. As I studied this and thought about it, I remembered a book I read a few years ago by a lady named Brene Brown. Now, I'm sure a lot of you guys know about Brene Brown. Anybody seen her TED Talk on vulnerability? I think it's the most watched TED Talk of all time. And I was in a counseling session with the guy, and I was telling him about all of my problems. And he recommended the Brene Brown book, uh, The Gifts of Imperfection. So I want to absolutely formally recommend that book to you. But there's a portion of the book that Brene writes on practicing gratitude. All right, and can I read some of it to you today? So Brene Brown says, We must practice gratitude. An attitude of gratitude isn't enough. We must practice gratitude, which reminds me of the fact that gratitude is not natural. Gratitude is not a naturally occurring thing. And if you don't believe that, come over to my house and feed my two-year-old. Okay? I can promise you he's just now learning how to say thank you, but it's not natural. What's natural is mine. What's natural is, stop it. What's natural is, give it to me now. What's natural is, no, I'm not going to wait on the yogurt pop to get out of the freezer. I'm going to throw myself a fit right here in the living room until you give me that and the uh, granola bar that's in the closet and the strawberries out of the refrigerator and the blueberries that are tucked away. And if you don't give it all to me right now, (laughs) you guys know what I'm talking about, then I'm going to throw myself a fit. It's not natural. It's, it's not a natural thing, right? That we're, just, that we're just automatically grateful. That we're just automatically thankful. Gratitude must be practiced. To go on. Brene says this. An attitude is an orientation. A way of thinking. But having an attitude doesn't always translate into a behavior. You guys got to get this. It would be reasonable to say that I have a yoga attitude. The ideals and beliefs that guide my life, I associate with yoga. But my yoga attitude and my yoga pants don't mean jack if you put me on a yoga mat and ask me to stand on my head or strike a pose. As I write this, I have never practiced yoga. I have never put the attitude into action. Gratitude, therefore, must be practiced. Gratitude without practice is like faith without works. It's not alive. How good is that? Now I know some people are like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful. I may not say anything about it, but I'm thankful. You, you know my heart. You know my heart. No, I don't. I'm not a cardiologist. I do not know your heart. The Bible says that the redeemed of the Lord say. Okay, I'm going to try this side. That the redeemed of the Lord say, so So if you're thankful, then say so. If you like what God's given you, then say so. If you're grateful for the blessings in your life, then say so. If you like what I'm saying, then say so. I need you guys to preach me, okay? I don't, I don't want you to just sit there on your hands and be quiet. If you're excited and you're thankful and you're happy to be in the house of God, say, so. yeah. We're excited to be in here. It's not about, you know, my heart. If you're thankful, then say so. Because gratitude is about practice. It's about putting the attitude into action. There was a songwriter years ago that said, How can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? Keith Green. Here's a reality. Joy is not produced by what's in your heart. Joy is produced by what's in your habits. Joy is not produced when you have a grateful heart. Joy is produced when you have grateful habits. I'm so glad Brian's coming up here because he's, he's going to help me fire you guys up today. You guys ready? See, it's, it's time. You guys ready? Can somebody take a lap before this is over? Okay, Ben's in, so I'll follow you. All right, let's look at Deuteronomy 8 one more time, 10 verse 12, 10 through 12. And I, I want to draw your attention if I can, to what I would consider to be uh, the kiddie table. Okay? So we've talked about that a bit. I mentioned that, that God is giving us a glimpse of where Israel is uh, on the process of their maturity. In this stage of the game, Israel is sitting at the kiddie table. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10 through 12 says, And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the. Everybody say, for the. For the. And you shall bless the Lord your God. Good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes. Which I command you today lest when you have eaten. Everybody say that last part again. When you have eaten. Now, right now I mentioned my son is two. And so when, when he is served, I teach him to say, thank you. Right? If I give you something from the fridge, you say, Thank you. If I, if, I, if, I, if I do something to help you, pick you up, put you in your bed, you know, I do something. You, when, you, when someone does something that you're grateful for, you say? You. you say, thank you. And, and that's what we're seeing. God actually teaching Israel how to do in the wilderness. He's saying, look, I have brought you into this place, and I want you to bless the Lord your God for the. God gives us insight into what he's trying to do with Israel, which is to teach them some manners. To teach them some manners. And he's talking about the basics here. He's talking about land. He's talking about food. He's talking about clothing. He's talking about shelter. He's talking about a good job. He's talking about some finances. He's talking about the ability to eat. Right? Somebody say, for the. For the. That is what God is talking about. He's talking about provision. Provision. You shall bless the Lord your God for the. Tell Him what you're thankful for. If God has provided something to you in your life, then you need to tell Him what you're thankful for. It's when we start to put gratitude into our habits and and not just leave it in our heart. And we begin to thank God for the. For the food on my table, for the shoes that I get to put on, for the clothing that I get to put on, for the, not even just the shoes, but for the feet that I get to put in them. You know, some people don't have that opportunity to, to stand up and, and to walk about. You know, thank God for health. I, I sat down with a, a gal yesterday. We were hanging out, and she was telling me about a friend of hers whose husband was uh, 35, and he passed away from cancer. You know, he left behind three kids. And I heard the story, and I was sad. I came home, I told my wife about it, and I said, man, God, thank you for the health that that I've been given. Thank you for the opportunity that I have to spend time with my kids, that I'm not away from them all the time. Thank you for the church that you've given me to go to on Sunday morning to celebrate the victory of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the friends that I have in my corner in this season who encourage me even when I get down and I feel sad and I feel a little lonely. Thank you for the encouragement of my parents that give me a call when I'm not doing so hot and they tell me, keep going, son. You got this. Keep going. Keep pushing. Keep moving forward. Thank you for them. When's the last time you just stopped and said, thank you for the. I'm grateful for the. You can do it right now. Just think of one thing that you're thankful for. God, I thank you for the. Fill in the blank. I thank you for the. Whatever it is that you're thinking about, you should say so. You should tell God that you're thankful for his provision. We're so grateful, God, that you've provided to us all that we need. You've given us provision. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm very thankful for the fact that God is way more gracious than NES. You you, you guys know what NES is, right? The Nashville Electric Service, right? Because, man, God is just so gracious. He stays with us even when we forget to appreciate Him. But the thing about NES, man, is they will make sure that you appreciate them. They will. They will make sure that you appreciate them at least once a month. You're going to appreciate NES at least once a month. And here's the thing. Like, if you forget to appreciate them, if you forget to be grateful for them, they send you a little invite in the mail. It's an invitation to appreciation. So, We're going to invite you to appreciate us this month. Don't You guys know what I'm talking about? Have you ever got one of those before? You didn't pay for your power, and then you got a little invite in the mail? You're invited to appreciate the Nashville Electric Service. Right. And you know, here's the thing. God's so much more grac- uh, gra- gracious, right? Can I get two good amens? God's so much more gracious, right? Because the thing about, thing about NES, they, they send you that invite. And, and in big letters, it says, past due. God told me to tell some of you guys that your praise is past due. Hey. Hey. Oh, that your praise yeah. is past due. It's time that you appreciate God for the. For the, right? And... You know, if you don't appreciate any yes, they cut off your power. I know a lot of Christians that are wondering where the power went when their praise is past due. Their praise is past due. God's saying, hey, look, I'm going to invite you. Come on, don't let the power get shut off in your life. Don't let the joy disappear in your life. Don't let the happiness dry up in your heart. Stay gracious. Stay grateful. Keep saying so. Keep thanking God for the. I'm grateful for the. I'm grateful for the. What we learn from this point is this, is that manners don't mean maturity. Just having good manners does not mean that you're mature. I'm teaching Isaiah, my two-year-old, right now to say thank you and that's what kids learn to do at the kiddie table. They learn how to say thank you for the. Manners don't mean maturity. Just because we're able to say thank you for the doesn't mean that we're ready to grow up. Doesn't mean that we're ready to graduate. Doesn't mean that we're ready to be seated down in a new place. That, that's what we do when we're, sit, when we're sitting there. It's not mature to thank God for what he's given you. That's manners. It's not mature to be grateful for what Jesus has done for you. That's good manners. Grow up in your gratitude. Don't just thank God when he's serving you. Don't just thank God when he's dishing out what you like to eat. Don't just thank God when he comes through on your timing. Don't just thank God when He does what you want Him to do, when you want Him to do it. Don't just thank God when the going's good. Don't just thank God when it's light and it's bright and it's sunshine and it's nice. Don't just thank God when everything's easy. See, Moses, he was teaching the people of God manners. But to grow up, we've really got to flip the book just a little bit And we've got to look at the Psalms. And we've got to study David. Because what King David taught us was how to go from manners and grow up into maturity. So real quick, just flip over to Psalm uh, 23. Let me read to you guys a very famous passage of Scripture. A psalm that was penned by David entitled, The Lord is My Shepherd. What David is teaching us here is how to mature in our gratitude. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See, David is teaching us a secret here. David says, I shall not want. How is it possible in a world where you don't have everything that you think you want that you shall not want? Because David's eyes have been opened to a greater reality. David doesn't have to want because he already has abundance. Wow. A word. You don't have to want because you already have abundance. Yeah. You just have to have eyes to see it. You have to have ears to hear it. He says, I shall not want. Why? Because he makes me lie down in green pastures. Oh, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though, everybody say, even though. See, Moses gave us the for the, but David gives us the even though. Moses says, I want you to praise God for the. David says, I want you to praise God. You're right there. That's the the kitty table is. Serve me that food, Mom. I'm thank I I thank you for the provision. Thank you for the. But see, when we mature, and when we grow up, in our gratitude, we begin to thank God. You guys with me? We begin to thank God, even though, even though. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table. You prepare a table. This ain't the kitty table. This ain't the little tykes, rubberized picnic table that you're used to seeing at your mamma's house. That, that's what I call my grandma, Mamma this is a banqueting table this is a big table this one of the mahogany tables you know my apartment smells of rich mahogany anchorman anybody okay anyways god Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even though. Somebody say even though. Even though things are not perfect. God is still going to get my praise. Even though things are not going the way that I think they should. God's not moving on my timing. He's not doing everything that I want Him to do at the right time that I think He ought to do it. But even though I'm still going to give God praise. I'm still going to be gracious. I'm going to have a grown up form of gratitude. I'm not going to sit at the kiddie table any longer but I'm going to grow up in my gratitude. Yeah, that's good. He said even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death that gives us insight that the mature will eat in the dark. The mature eat in the dark even though they're walking through the valley of the shadow of death they keep eating. Because, see, this is what the mature do. The mature don't praise based upon what they can see. You guys with me? The mature praise God on the basis of what they can't see. Because I'm not walking by sight, I'm walking by faith. And as a mature son, I'm going to worship and praise and give God my gratitude, even though it's dark. I can't see my food. I don't know what's being served to me. Is this steak and eggs? Is it the way I ordered it? Is it mid-rare? Is it... Do I have the extra, you know, uh, the kale salad that I, you know, picked out? Is this everything that I intended it for? You can't see it. You don't know. You just trust the fact that God's going to feed you. And so you keep eating, even though it's dark, even though you can't see, you're eating by faith. You're eating with gratitude. You're eating because you're mature. You've eaten because you've grown up. And you say, I don't need to see it. I don't need to see it because I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. I keep eating even when I can't see it. I'm, 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 I'm seated at the table despite the fact that I can't see what's going on. Even though that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The conditions weren't perfect. But can I tell you that your conditions don't need to be perfect in order for you to praise? Your conditions don't need to be perfect in order for you to praise. What maturity does is it moves us. It moves us from thanking God for what we can see to thanking Him for what we cannot see. And when we sit down at the table in Psalm 23, we see something. is that David had to dine with his enemies. David had to sit down and begin to eat But not just alone, not just in the light, not just with his friends, not just with the people that he liked, but he had to sit down in the dark and dine with his enemies. See, it takes maturity to eat with your enemies. Sometimes you got to eat with that uncle that you don't like, sometimes you got to eat with that cousin that you don't like, sometimes you got to eat with your mom when you're in a fight, but that's maturity. You eat anyway. Even when you're surrounded by your enemies, you eat anyway. See, it takes maturity to make a meal with an enemy. It's a big deal to make a meal with an enemy. To sit down and eat, even though there is an enemy seated at the table with you. Looking at you, staring at you, attacking you, slandering you, gossiping about you, trying to make life tough for you. It's kind of difficult to continue to focus on the plate and not focus on the people. It's kind of difficult that when you can't see in what direction they're attacking from to to, to not stop eating and to start fighting back. But what the mature do is they stay grateful and they stay eaten. They stay eaten. The mature make meals with their enemy. Not because the enemy is there, but because God is there. And that's why they stay eaten. They don't look at their preferences. They don't look at the portion size. They don't use that to decide whether or not they'll praise. The mature stay looking at God and what they recognize that it's not about the people who are there, but it's about the God who is there. They praise not because of what's on their plate. They praise because of His presence. His presence is there, therefore I praise. doesn't matter how dark is. It doesn't matter who I'm surrounded by. My enemies may come against me, but I keep praising. I keep eating. Not because of the people, but because of His presence. What maturity does is it takes us from focusing on the provision to focusing on the presence. The mature praise not just because of what God has given, but they praise because of who God is. They know He's there, so they praise. It's not about the provision anymore. It doesn't matter what's served. It's about the God who is there. No matter where I am, I stay praising. I may not be where I want to be today. I may not have the job that I want to have today. I may may not make the money that I want to make today. I may not have the health that I want to have today. I may not be in the condition that I want to be in today. I may not have what I want, but that's why David tells us that the mature shall not want. Just keep eating. Just keep praising. I may be surrounded by people who are trying to bring me down, but I keep eating. You know, I thought of Ezekiel Elliott. First down. You guys watch the Cowboys? I'm the only person. Okay. So, you know, when he makes a first down, he does like this. He eats. He said, "I'm eating. I'm eating. Moving forward." You know, one time I was in Africa with a man named David Hogan. You guys know who that is? YouTube him. He's interesting, and uh, he's a missionary man. He's wild. And and we were we were we were sitting down one morning after we'd woken up. You know, a little tent village that we were staying in. And Mama Heidi does this thing where she makes everybody Starbucks. Because I mean, you're out in the bush, bush. You know, you're you're off the beaten path. You're off the grid. You know, you're way out in the villages, and uh, and so she treats everybody to Starbucks. And that's her thing. She likes doing that. So we we had the, the 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 elders of the village. We had the chief of the village come over, and she makes us strong coffee. You know, we ha- we have fun doing that. And 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 uh, that morning, David Hogan and his team was with us, and so Mama Heidi was making up the Starbucks, and then. She poured in some milk and she stirred it up, you know, she said, oh, this is good, this is going to be This is gonna be so good, uh, it's a treat, you know, Starbucks out in the bush bush. And so she hands it to David, David starts drinking it, and then she hands it to David's son, and he starts drinking it, and then she, she hands the next cup to David's son-in-law, and he starts drinking it. And for about five minutes, you know, they're sitting there sipping on their Starbucks in the village. And they're enjoying their hot coffee. Oh, praise God for what he did last night. Thank the Lord for the salvations that took place. Thank you, Lord, for this chief that's here. Thank you for his family. We're praising him. We're praising God and we're blessing the people. And then Mama Heidi's assistant, who's a friend of mine, she takes a sip of the same coffee. And when she does, she said, The milk is off. The milk is spoiled. And then she looks over at David and she said, Don't drink it. And he'd just been drinking it the whole time. He had been drinking some Starbucks coffee in the bush bush with some spoiled milk. And he never said anything. Because that wasn't his way to complain for what he didn't have. He simply kept eating. He kept drinking, thanking God for what he did have. And we said, Well, why didn't you speak up? He said, Because it doesn't matter what I'm served. I'm thankful for what I got. I'm in the bush bush. There ain't no power. There ain't no refrigerators. Ain't no Starbucks. Ain't no hot shots of espresso. I got what I got and I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Praise the Lamb of God. I'm drinking spoiled milk coffee. He said, it ain't in me to complain. He said, why didn't you say that? So? He said, it ain't in me to complain. I'm a missionary. I just drink. I eat whatever it is that God puts on my plate. My cup runneth over. Your cup can run over so long as you don't complain about what God puts in it. But if you got a taste test every single little thing that God pours in your cup you shouldn't be surprised when it feels like it's running on empty. Because you've made it way more about your preferences than you have His promises. You're not ready to sit with the grown-ups. You're not ready to go to a grown-up form of gratitude. you got to be at the kiddie table because you need a sippy cup. Because you complaining about every little thing that goes in the eyes? that's nasty. That's gross. As my son says, I don't like that. I don't like that. That's not what I wanted. No, Dad, stop it. I don't like that. That's what Isaiah says. But it doesn't matter what's there. We're eating. We're thankful. We're grateful. I'm not settled entirely, but I'm satisfied completely. It ain't because the meal's good, but it's because he's good. It ain't because the portion size is exactly the way I like it but I can step over my preferences because on the other side of my preferences are my promises and I can step into that when I don't care what it is that I'm being served I'm grateful anybody grateful in here it's always presence over provision it's always presence over provision I don't need provision to give God a praise I've already got his presence the provision may not come in the form that I think that it should come but I know this That God will never leave me nor forsake me. That He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Green pastures, I'm well fed. He puts me in places where I'm well fed. He leads me behind quiet uh, streams. I'm well hydrated. It may not be the alkaline water that I used to drink over in Egypt. (laughs) It may not not be that 9.5 alkaline water. I'm messing with you guys now. I'm going to close. But here's the reality. It's when you're willing to sit down with your enemies, are you ready for your entree? When you are willing to sit down with your enemies, you're ready for your entree. If you can't sit down with your enemies, then you'll have to stay at the kiddie table. But here's the last thing I want to say, is that the presence of enemies is a sign that it's time to eat. The presence of enemies is a sign that it's time to eat. Until you've sat down in the presence of your enemies, you've only had an appetizer. You haven't eaten the entree yet. But we sit down in that presence and we feast on Jesus. And you don't have to feel grateful to be grateful. You can praise God through your pain because you know he'll He'll bring you your provision. Let's stand up. We're going to pray. Close. No, I wanted to say it like this. Your, your, your next level is a praise away. Can I say it again? Your next level is a praise away. Thank you for the. Thank you even though. Close your eyes, bow your head for a moment. I just want to pray over you. Lord, we say today that we are grateful. We are thankful for what you've done in our life. We're thankful for Jesus Christ on the cross. We are thankful for the, for the, we're thankful for the blessings. But God, we're also thankful even though. Lord, we're going to step out of this place more mature. We're going to step out of this place during Thanksgiving week more mature with praise abundantly in our hearts. Thanking God for the thanking God, even though in Jesus name and everyone said amen and amen and amen. Can we just give God one big round of applause and say, thank you, Lord. We bless you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hey, on your way out the door, would you guys mind as we're closing up, just I want you to find about 22 people and and tell them something you're thankful for. As you're closing out, if you don't know them, give them a big hug, a handshake, whatever's appropriate, and just tell them something you're thankful for. Just bless one another in Jesus' name. We love you guys. We're so thankful that you came out and spent your Sunday with us next Sunday right here at 9 and 11 at Legacy Nashville. We love y'all. Bless y'all. Have a great Thanksgiving. Super safe. Very fun. And an awesome Sunday as well. God bless you. We'll see you next week.